And often I've found that when we ask God for help, He sends the people that love us to answer those prayers. Christ is so simple. His arithmetic is a child can comprehend it. At the end of the day, I think people in general want to say yes. We want to help people accomplish their goals, but most people stop themselves. Like we're our own worst enemy. Hello and welcome to Latter-day Profiles. I'm Brian Howard. We're here at the Motion Picture Studio in Provo, Utah. And joining me today is Chad and Michelle Lewis. Thank you for coming. Yep, you're welcome. It's good no to problem. have you here. People recognize Chad from his days of playing football and also in the NFL. Michelle, if you were a volleyball fan, Michelle, All-American, played volleyball here at BYU. And uh, we're going to find out a little bit about how you guys met. I'd like to find out about that. Let's, let's get that story. How did you two meet? <laughs> I imagine it was here at BYU. Not only was it here at BYU, it was in the training room at BYU. <laughs> so for two athletes, um, it's kind of poetic that we met in the training room. Um, it wasn't during the competition time. It was in the summer. We were both getting ready for... Michelle's senior season and my first season. And we met in the training room, started a friendship, and then a couple months later when we started dating and, and then through that, that season, which her team went to the Final Four, um, my football team, we went to the Holiday Bowl, and then we got engaged in February, Valentine's, and then married in May. So that was kind of like... <laughs> <laughs> so you wrap up your career and yeah. here also state of utah hall of fame by the way in byu volleyball so yeah. pretty awesome uh so then it was here for that was your first year so three more years here at byu and then yeah. so what was that experience like going to school you're now wrapped up with volleyball yeah i was finishing up so i i taught high school math oh. for two years while he was finishing his schooling and playing and so it was super fun. I was coaching volleyball, so I was missing out on some of his stuff, but for the most part, just had a blast cheering him on. And we we had our first child that his senior year. Oh, yeah. So I was teaching school and just kind of making our way and loving life and all the adventures that came with it. Yeah, and those are some glory days. Some good seasons for BYU back then when you were playing, a lot of success. Yeah. When you were getting close to graduation and you're thinking next level, uh, did you discuss that? What did you think? Oh, yeah. about getting there? What, what were your thoughts? We talked about it quite a bit. For, for the, my whole career, we talked about it, whether it was even a possibility. Mm -hmm. And then when it started to look like it was a possibility, what was our best avenue of attack? You know, how we were going to best prepare for that. And it was a lot of work, but we were always, always talking about it. When draft gate came away, you went undrafted. That's probably a disappointment because you think that might happen. Uh, how quickly did it happen that you got signed on? Uh, within an hour of the draft. So each team is trying to fill up their um, mini camp roster spots. You only have so many spots. And you can't fill up all those spots with draft picks. you got to have some undrafted players. And so Michelle and I were looking at several teams and talking about it. And now that I'm a free agent, I got to pick what team. And so we were, we were going over everything. We took a quick little drive. This is my favorite part of the draft. We took a quick little drive just to clear our heads and like just breathe some air. And the Kansas City Chiefs called our house. We didn't have cell phones. And the head coach called and wanted to talk to my dad and just find out where we were. Hey, we're looking for Chad. Where is he? Uh, he'll be back in just a minute. 
And my dad, who doesn't know a lot about football, said, um, what's your name? And he said, Marty Schottenheimer. He said, okay, how do you spell that? And so he started to spell it, and finally Marty, impatient, just said, just tell him the head coach called, okay? Like, So we get home, and my dad was like, the head coach uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs called Marty Schottenheimer. I was like, yeah, Marty Schottenheimer? Yeah, he, what did he say? He kind of got a little, little quick with me. <laughs> Told me the story. We were laughing so hard that he was like, can you tell me how to spell that? Oh, it was beautiful. So that's part of the draft. How did you make the choice? Was that a mutual decision deciding where to go? Because undrafted, you do get to choose if you've got offers to go where you want to go. Yeah, we talked about it a lot. And he had done his homework and his agent had done his homework. So they kind of knew like where the tight ends were strong, where they, what teams they weren't strong on. And, and of course, Ty Detmer was at the Philadelphia Eagles at the time. So that was huge because we knew that he loved to throw to the tight end. And that was Chad's strength. So that was a big factor. And knowing that there were some options at tight end there with the Eagles at the time, um, that was the main reasons for our, mm -hmm. our decisions. West Coast offense, perfect opportunity um, compared to all the other teams that had offered and invited. It was good that we had that time to be able to look at all those teams and have, having done the homework going in, we were ready. And so it turned out perfect to go to Philadelphia John Gruden was my coordinator, and Ty Detmer was my first quarterback. That was so sweet. Yeah. So if I'm in the huddle and I don't quite know the play, and there were a lot of plays that had to get down <laughs> very quickly, Ty would say, run it like 69H at BYU. I'm like, got it. Ah, yeah, so that's that good. Was sweet. good to have an inside scoop on that one. What was it like moving, you know, first big city, Philadelphia, big city, NFL versus college is big. Also, lifestyle is a big change, right, going there. So how was that a big change from, you know, playing uh, college football is a big deal, but this is next level. Big, big change. It was me first going to the mini camp and then training camp. And those were big changes to go from BYU, Lavelle Edwards, to the pros. Whoo, big change. <laughs> um, and it was, it was so nice to have um, Ty Detmer and Morris Unatoa, BYU teammates, um, BYU guys. I was never teammates with BYU with Ty Detmer here. But to have those two guys there, that was huge. And then Michelle came out in training camp, and then she got she got the full full weight of the change as well. You know, we just we had one baby girl, and then it was on. Well, we didn't realize it going in choosing the Philadelphia Eagles that we were going to have mentors in Philly like no other in Vian Kaala Sikahema. Oh, yeah. They were living there. He was a sportscaster for KS for NBC, and um, he, him and Kayla took us under their wing, had us over big time, two or three times a week. You know, really taught us. He had already played in the NFL for ten years or whatever, so they really mentored us and taught us. This is how you be, you are an LDS faithful person living in the crazy environment of the NFL. Yeah, they were and perfect. Yeah, they were sanity for us. They were like our second parents. They were our same age basically, but. <laughs> They just knew how to how to do it, and so we really emulated what they did. You know, family nights, prayer every night. He would come back from the six o'clock news, have scripture study and prayer with his family, and go back to the eleven o'clock news. And so, just their example for us was huge at that time. Yeah, it's nice to have some mentors who have been there, done that, kind of know oh, what to do. You can't even put a price tag on it. You can't put yeah. a value on it. It was it changed our lives. And I can't help but think that, you know, the Spirit, the, the Holy Ghost was prompting us during those decision-making processes 
in order to put us in a situation where we could succeed. And I'm just forever grateful for that. I think that yeah. we take that for granted sometimes, but for sure we were getting help. It, it would be so cool to go back in our, my parents' basement during the draft with spiritual eyes so you could see what was happening, how we were being influenced by the Holy Ghost. And I can't wait. If there's a video in heaven, a movie, a theater, like whatever, I want to go watch that and be like, wow. At least some angels telling the stories, right? <laughs> so cool. Yep, incredible. They know what's going on. Well, you were there, and you had an injury, you know, come up, a couple of them. You know, a great season. You had changing coaches. I think about this, it's such a, be such a merry-go-round. It all is. Each season could be different. One season ends. Uh, how did you deal with the uncertainty of, you know, what's going to happen next season? Good question. I will say this about the NFL. It stands for not for long. <laughs> we all know that going in. That's a humbling reality. And you just don't know what's going to happen. You do know that you're going to face tribulation challenges. You do know you're going to get injured at some point. You don't know how severe it's going to be. And I think the best thing for us is we read the Book of Mormon every day. That, mm -hmm. was, that was our core. And it, it became our strength. And it helped us as... I did get injured and cut and went to the Rams, and then I was there for a year, and then just before the, the Super Bowl, I was cut and sent back to Philadelphia. Um, I would say the constant and the, the pillar was together, reading the Book of Mormon every day, and it gave us something to hold on to, gave us a strength, obviously gave us the wisdom that Christ wants us to have in our hearts and our minds. Um, but then I also needed the toughness that football required. It's not a gentle sport. It's a warrior sport. And what it required of me and my body and putting myself through stuff and pushing way past what I thought I could handle, I would say again, the Book of Mormon was the strength for that as well. Mm -hmm. And then Michelle has always been my greatest mental coach, psychologist, you know, just to be able to talk and, and process things and communicate with. So at that time in our lives, there was a lot going on. Hmm. I was thinking, Michelle, as you get either one of the phone call or, you know, Chad comes home, hey, I got cut. <laughs> what did that feel that like? That happened twice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those because, are hard. Because then, you know, not sure where you're going. Mm -hmm. And then the Rams, that's not Philadelphia. That's a long ways away. How did you deal with that and like, going through those things? Well, I think one of my personality traits is I'm like, how do we solve this problem? Mm -hmm. And so I immediately like, okay, First time he got cut, we were in Philly, we were living in New Jersey, and we decided he had a broken ankle at the time, so he, he was going to exit Philly, the Eagles, and go back to BYU, rehab, get stronger. We had two babies at the time, a, a one-year-old and a three-month-old, and so he took the one-year-old home with his parents. I packed up the condo that we were living in and got out there, and then it took three months before he got picked up again, and during those three months, we prayed like crazy, like, should we keep doing this? Should we keep pursuing this? Or should we find another a job and, and go somewhere else? And we would pray and, and read, like you said, and, and just like I remember laying in bed one night and talking, and we were just like, he for sure needs to keep playing. Felt good. And sure enough, like, it happened. We, you know, three three Pro Bowls, Super Bowl. He's, it, you know, definitely we felt like, and, and Andy Reid came along. Hmm who was super helpful for us because his life, his, the personality he has to his team is an LDS based 
personality. Yeah. Yeah. So it made it for a cl way cleaner environment. And we just feel like the spirit was really guiding us, even when he got cut. It was like one door closes, another one opens. <laughs> yeah. If you look at the influence that Vaya and Kale of Sikahema had on us, off the field and in our lives, spiritually, emotionally, family, Andy Reid had that same influence on the field, my career, um, just so impactful, so gifted, and, and now the whole world is seeing how talented he is. Well, I was, uh, I was one of his guinea pigs. I mean, I was one of the people that he applied his, his way on, you know, his, his influence, his style. And we jived from the first second we were together. Um, um, we are so grateful for Andy and Tammy, their influence in our lives. And now as like time and things turn around, our son-in-law, Matt Bushman, is on the Kansas City Chiefs. And we're seeing Andy all these years later do the same thing, teach, coach, influence our son-in-law in a way that you know, we're laughing because it's like, wow. <laughs> Deja vu all over again. Let's go. That's right. That's quite the story, right? Matt Bushman, tight end, your daughter, volleyball player, and mm -hmm. make, continue the tradition that goes on. And, and then they, Emily and Matt, just had a baby girl on Father's Day. Wow. So here they are trying to make their life in the NFL with two little girls. And I can't even tell you all the similarities with our <laughs> lives. There's a lot of similarities. Um, really funny. Is that uh, able to share some life lessons with them, receptive to that as you yeah, tell? Yeah, they've been very through? cool. We talk yeah. all the time. I mean, just yesterday, Matt was, he's here for training camp. So he was running some routes um, with Jaron Hall and others. And I was, I filmed him running a couple routes and just talking about, you know, the things that I was seeing. I don't want to ever act like I know everything, but if he's willing to let me talk, I'll just say what I'm seeing from my perspective. And he's very open to all that. And he's hungry. He's an extremely hard worker and he's gifted. Mm. He can do what you can't coach. He can catch the ball in traffic. Mm. You can't coach that. That's a gift. And he's got it. Yeah, I wish you better. But injury is always the big bug, right, when you get in the NFL. So hopefully you can have a good. I know. Just stay good, safe. Good, good season. We we went and got a bunch of bubble wrap and so we're <laughs> wrap him up. <laughs> uh, I heard you talking before about Andy Reid. I know you know coaches aren't supposed to have favorites, but I think he was pretty open about who we, <laughs> who we liked, and you were on, on that list. He was so cool about that. He'd go speak somewhere and say that, and I'd be embarrassed because my team would look at me like, come on, man, what's going on with this BYU thing? <laughs> I'm like, hey, it's real. And Bobby Taylor, one of my teammates who played at Notre Dame, uh, first-round draft pick, defensive back, unbelievable player, came to me in the, in the locker room and said, man, in Notre Dame, we, it's prolific. Like, we got, we got things going on. We're tight. You BYU dudes take it to a whole nother level. <laughs> and I, I just said, uh, that's true. I'm, I'm super grateful for that. So we called the Philadelphia Eagles BYU East for several years <laughs> with Reno Mahe and Justin N and so many others. It was, it was a great experience. Yeah. Well, I know you had to, some struggling, another injury, a list frank, which I didn't know much about it. Then again, when you know, had the, some other people get the list frank, that's pretty horrific injury. Number one, that happens. You're obviously, no one's happened. What was your reaction to that? It's got to be disheartening. Yeah. I mean, you dream your whole life, even if you're not a football player, you dream about playing in the Super Bowl kind of thing. And so we had obviously dreamt and talked and hoped for it. And here the game right before the Super Bowl. 
He catches two touchdowns. He's kind of the hero of the game, but he broke his foot in the process of the second touchdown. And and so, you know, at that point, like I said before, you just kind of, okay, what do we do from here? And so that same week, he went down to Baltimore, and we took our four little kids down there, put it in a hotel, went in and got surgery, and um, it was out, you know, outpatient. So that next day, he's getting on the plane with the team to go to the Super Bowl on a scooter, mm. you know. And you, you just, like, that's one great thing about the gospel is you realize that's just the Super Bowl. It's really not what really matters in life. And it, yeah, it was a goal of his. We, he worked so hard for it, but it's not what made or break us. It's it was just kind of a, a bonus, mm -hmm. and we still got to experience it. We got to have fun, but unfortunately, he was in a little jazzy scooter sitting on the sideline <laughs> the whole time. Um, definitely not as stressful so crazy. as far as if he was playing. I would have been way more stressed out. But um, yeah, definitely a disappointment. But I, I don't feel like we've ever been sad about it. Yeah. You know, that week was tough, but. There's just so much more to life. You know, we've got our family. His whole family came out. My whole family came out, even though he wasn't playing. We had a great time. And then, you know, the grind of rehabbing in any injury in, any injury in, in life is, is tough. But everybody goes through those, yeah. you know, those times. Yeah. So. I meant you probably contemplated, because that's a serious injury. Pretty hard to come back from. Yeah. I, hard to imagine. I did not want to come back from it. I wanted to right off into the sunset, retire and say thank you for the opportunity. And it was my mission president, Kent Watson, who came to my house and said, he handed me a front page cover of the USA Today and he showed me uh, an a US Olympic freestyle skier who she broke her foot, tore Liz Frank, recovered and was competing again. And he said, you need to go back and play. And I was like, no, I'm done. Like. That was good. And he said, if you go back and play, that means that you will rehab your foot to the point where it's healthy and strong and you'll have a good foot for the rest of your life. And if you don't, it might not be as good as you need it to be. And I felt his wisdom when he said that. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> um, and so then I really started kicking the rehab and gear and getting after it. And I was called back to the Eagles in November. And they said, hey, this is the last chance if if you can play, we need you right now. And so I went back, had a workout, they signed me. I played the second half of that following season. It, my foot hurt every day. Liz Frank is a tough injury to come back from, but it was a, the whole thing was a great experience. I look back on a million different parts of that and we've both learned so much through it. We've hopefully been able to help our kids um, because they're going to have ups and downs, and it gives us some good perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, what point do you, do you finally know? Okay, it's time to be done, and then you <laughs> came and about here as you know, part of BYU. Oh, that's a good question because I felt like, uh, like Cinderella, the stroke of midnight hit. When I walked off the field that season, healthy, after the last game, I was emotional walking off the field, thinking, "I'm healthy right now. That's it." The risk versus reward was way out of balance. I didn't care if they paid me $20 million at that point. It was, I want to be able to use my body with my family, my kids, training, running, hiking, biking for the rest of my life. And I went in and talked to Andy Reid and said, that's it, I'm done. I can feel it right here, let's go. And he said, okay, just let me know if you want to play again. Let me know if you want to come back. 
Um, he was very cool about the whole thing, and, and we both felt really good about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know you've just uh, done a major accomplishment. You finished a degree, right, an MBA. Why did you decide to do that, and how has that been? I've always wanted to go back to school, get a master's, and thought about it a lot, applied for a different one, wasn't accepted, and um, with Chad working at BYU, it, it was definitely a, a great option because they give benefits to spouses. And so I just, I saw Dean Madrian um, one night at an event, and I said, hey, I've been considering applying to get an MBA. She said, do it. Just apply. Just she do it. I was like, awesome. really? Just apply? I've only taken the GRE. She's like, she, just Michelle's apply. brilliant, by the way. So <laughs> <Yeah>. that helps. <laughs> and she kind of just like, just gave me the push I needed to apply. And I got in. And She was inspiring. They, they let like one or two stay-home moms in to the executive MBA program a year. And I loved it. I would mm -hmm. tell any stay-home mom just to do it. Mm -hmm. It's hard. It's a lot of work and it really pushed me, but I thrived. I learned so much. I, it developed skills outside of business, just leadership skills and um, people skills. And it gave me experiences that I couldn't get any other way. And I, I would tell anybody in work or out of work, just if you're thinking about education, look at these executive programs because they're really fun. Yeah, stretch yourself a little bit. That's, uh -huh. uh, that's awesome. Or a lot of it. Yeah, at the same it. time, he got his MPA, public you administration. Did. Yeah. God, congratulations. Yes, we were doing our homework together with Both our kids. School. That was it's just what we did. Yeah. We were studying a lot longer than they were, and we were looking mm -hmm. at them like, wait, don't you guys have homework too? <laughs> Why is this taking me so long? Uh, family study time. Yeah. Uh, Chad, tell me about your position here as Associate Athletic Director. It's a big time to be at BYU. The Big 12 is now here, and it's a big deal. Uh, what's that been like for you? Has it changed what you do in that, that conference affiliation? Is it, uh, it's exciting, to say the least. Yeah, my role at BYU is the director of the fundraising team for athletics. I work with Tom Homel, the athletic director, everyone else in administration, plus the coaches and the student athletes. And then I primarily work with the donors. Um, I have, I've totally enjoyed being at BYU. I didn't think I would. I didn't, I didn't want BYU to be a job. BYU is something I loved. But when Tom asked me to come back, um, it's just been such a cool part of our lives and our family to be there. To, the job requires me to use my talents, my gifts, to work as hard as I can. And now going into the Big 12, I can't tell you how big it is for, for all of us, all the coaches, the student athletes, administration, every, we're, we're pumped, but we're also aware of what a leap it is. Mm -hmm. uh, Cougar Nation is on fire. It's gonna be so incredible to play the best competition week in, week out in every sport. We're not afraid, but we're, we're definitely humbled by the, the Mount Everest of it all. And you can't get to the top of Mount Everest in one day. You, you take chunks, you, you set a plan and you go for it. Tom has created that plan for the last year and a half. He's stepped on the gas, full speed. We're preparing in every way. We are gonna be prepared, we are gonna fight, we're gonna compete, and it is gonna be a battle. And the battle is not what we're afraid of. And as long as that's our mindset, we're gonna be we're gonna be very competitive. The best thing about going into the Big 12 and this giant platform, BYU's never been on a platform quite like that. The best part is Tom constantly tells us, if we represent 
BYU, if we always stand up for who we are, we're going to be successful. If we forget that, I don't care how many games we're win, we will not be successful. So he drives home the fact that we are BYU, and what does that stand for? Let's go. You know, it's just you say that. I know you have not been shy about standing up for your convictions for the church. And uh, I was thinking about that. As a family, you've had the experience of being all over the place and keeping on the covenant path, as, as uh, President Nelson said. What are some things you would share for those who are like, how do you do it? Because you know, <laughs> that's, that's a tough thing. Michelle, what, what kind of, within your family, it's a, such a challenge. Yeah, I ask myself all the time, or I actually ask God, what do you want me doing right now? What do you want me doing? I'm willing. And then I just try to listen and I try to go with those feelings like, okay, if it's laundry, it's laundry. <laughs> if it's go back to school and get an MBA, it's that. Um, I, my number one is my kids. And so to me, that is my full-time job and I love it. I feel so lucky that I'm able to put my kids as my full-time job. Mm. And it's super fun and it's hard at times. And there's a lot of times there's there's no awards out there for moms, you know, it's it's hard at times. And you're thinking the house is a mess. My kids don't like me. And what am I even doing right now? But it is so rewarding. And to see my kids grow up, get married, start having kids of their own. There is nothing that I, I can even imagine that would fill my heart with more joy than seeing that. And that's the reward, the award that that I've always wanted. So mm, I love it. Chad, what about you? I just think this world needs Jesus Christ more now than at ever, any time ever before. Um, the Bible and the Book of Mormon are so clear about that. And the, the Lehi's dream in the beginning of the Book of Mormon is, is a perfect illustration of where we are. There's a rod of iron, which is the Word of God. If we will hold on to that, we're going to go through the mist of darkness, which is all around us. We'll turn on the news any night, and we're in the middle of the mist of darkness right now. The confusion about basic principles, um, th things that the world is trying so hard to teach are whacked. Christ is so simple. His arithmetic is a child can comprehend it. And all he wants us to do is have his peace. If we will obey his commandments, which lead us to safety, and... He is, he's never coerced. He's never threatened. All he does is invite. And if we'll listen to him, he has blessings immeasurable waiting for us, peace for us. Here, Michelle and I are trying to raise a family and help them. There's no greater help than Jesus Christ in our lives. Well, how do you get Jesus Christ in your life? The first way is to remember him, to think about him. How many times are we thinking about them during the day? Well, the Book of Mormon, reading the Book of Mormon for us is what helps us more than anything. To keep him in our minds and in our hearts and talk about him. And that is the recipe that the, this world needs. Most of the world doesn't know it. And it's not something that can be crammed down their throat. There's no force or compulsion to it. It's just, it's just an invitation. Christ offers his peace, and it's the only thing, it's the only way, it's the only hope. He is the hope of Israel, he's our chance. That's it.
Hey, thank you so much, Michelle, Chad, Lewis. A great message, and I really appreciate you taking some time to come and share a little bit about yourselves. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, thank you. Brian.